Hey, thanks again for taking time to be able to join me today for our pastor-led Bible study. Uh, we're going to be looking again at uh, the book of Mark today at chapter 4. Uh, remember what we talked about uh, last week, that within the Gospel of Mark, we see these uh, sandwiches that he creates, uh, beginning a story, interrupting himself, and then finishing the story, if you will, kind of like bread, meat, bread. And within uh, the Gospel of Mark, there's about nine of these. We will see one today uh, as we open up with this parable that Jesus shares. In fact, Jesus will teach us with quite a few different parables today. Remember, the meaning of a parable always is getting us to be able to look at usually one simple point in which God is drawing our attention to, and we will see that in our reading for today. So we're going to look at uh, chapter 4, I think it's about 40 verses or so, in three different sections. Uh, first we'll look at this one sandwich, and then we'll move on there. So uh, follow along with me today from Mark chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 1, the parable of the sower, one you've probably heard many times before. Again, Jesus began to teach uh, by the lake. The crowd that had gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat, it out, sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. So there is basically our, our first section, uh, this first piece of, of bread. And here it is where Mark comes in and he basically interrupts himself. Uh, he concludes that piece of the sandwich with saying, Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And all of a sudden Mark jumps to this different piece of the story. When he was alone, the twelve and others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. So Jesus interrupts himself, uh, excuse me, Mark interrupts himself to be able to share these interesting words from Christ. The disciples are asking and being inquisitive as to why Jesus is sharing all of these things in parables and these different stories to be able to, to kind of teach the people something, but there isn't always this clarity. And in this instance, it's super unique because we don't have to do research on or try to even guess about what the parable main meaning is. Jesus comes back and he now shares the meaning of what he is trying to be able to say. So here it is, the piece of bread then that follows in this sandwich. It says, Then Jesus said to him, this is verse 13, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, 
Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So we have that first type of seed. Basically, it's just thrown upon the ground. Uh, it never takes any type of root. And because of that, uh, they're snatched up. And very uh, particularly, our Lord says, you know, this creature that comes and flies down and snatches them up is Satan himself. Moves on to the next. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Uh, we see this in our world today too, do we not? People who maybe um, become on fire or have this mountaintop experience, they're really excited that seed seems to be able to, uh, to grow, but it's not founded on anything. Uh, they're, it's more of a, a, an emotional element. It's something they're just excited about. And not that we shouldn't be excited about the Lord, not that something in, it doesn't have an emotional connection, but it has to take root in something too. It has to truly be founded in who God is or it, it withers away. So we move on to the next one, verse 18. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it untruthful. So here's our third type of soil that is now described. Um, the, the individual that hears the word of the Lord, that begins this journey of faith, but because of the thorns, the pressures of the world, uh, it's choked away from them. They start to focus on other things other worries, other desires, uh, other sins, and the word is cast aside. And again, uh, the seed does not uh, continue to flourish and grow. Finally, the fourth type of soil. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produced a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And here we find that final seed that lands on that soil in which the word of God takes root. Uh, it doesn't wither. It isn't distracted. It isn't choked by the thorns, but it begins to grow and not only grow for itself, but it actually produces a crop that continues to go on from there, that there's even this evangelism uh, aspect to this soil, to this seed that continues to be able to share this great word of God with others. So we have this first, again, uh, probably familiar parable, this sandwich that comes into to play, and then Jesus moves on to sharing some other insights with us, uh, really describing for you and I the word of God in a lot of different ways. There's kind of these uh, couple different little sections here, uh, a lamp on a stand, the parable of the growing seed, and the parable of the mustard seed. I'm going to read those three in unison because all three uh, really become founded on the same subject matter. Um, God is really sharing with us about this concept of not just the word, but where the word uh, grows and that what is the most important aspect of this. It talks to us about the true gospel message of once we have that word, um, how does it come into play? What does that look like? Uh, so let's go to uh, verse 21. 
a lamp on a stand. Uh, Jesus is talking here. He says to them, uh, do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or under a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more, whoever whoever has will more be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. He goes on from this concept of the lamp to have another brief parable. Uh, before we skip over the lamp, Jesus himself truly is that, that light. And he says, who brings a light into a house and puts it under a bowl or hides it under the bed? This would have been their only way to be able to actually see clearly in the evening, in the dark. No, you take it and you put it on a stand so that everybody can see and so that the light may penetrate the darkness. This is what Christ does in our life. And this is what we should be doing. When we are receiving that seed correctly, when we are being that good soil and producing that crop, we should be putting Christ on a stand for all who come to our house or into our community or into our world to be able to see. We don't take Christ and hide him under our bed or under a bowl and know that the light is still there, but keep it to ourselves. It's something that we share. And so Jesus is already embarking on his disciples. What do you do with that word? If you are this good soil, what does that look like in your life? And again, a, a great challenge for us at the same time too. What do we do with Christ? What do we do with his gospel? Are we hiding it? Are we tucking it away? Or are we allowing it to shine for all to be able to see? He goes again, the parable of the growing seed, verse 26. He also said... This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Day and night, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So Jesus again is talking about the gospel message. See, it's not just the soil uh, that is doing this great work and being able to make the seed grow. It's actually the seed that has the power to be able to do this. The soil is only the, the receiver, if you will, of this great news. This is who, who we are. And God says, you know, the power is truly in the, in the seed. This is what makes it happen. You know, if the man goes to bed or if he is awake, it doesn't matter. Whatever he is doing, this seed is the one that is that is growing. This seed is the one that is sprouting. The seed is the one doing all the work. And that truly is just like the Holy Spirit within us. It's not you and I saying, oh, we are doing all these great things in faith. Look at us, uh, community. Look at us, Lord. You know, shouldn't we have some type of special accolades? It really is. Look at this seed. Look at what God is doing. Look what the word is doing inside of us or in our community. Again, we are only that vessel that the Lord has chosen to be able to scatter the seed there. We don't put the seed inside of ourselves. We are not the ones that say, Lord, uh, I have come after your word. Uh, you put it right here. The Lord has decided to be able to do that. And as receptors of him, the one who scatters this seed in us, then we have the opportunity again to be able to share of this and have that seed grow within us.
moves to this next parable. Again, all familiar ones that would have been known to people at this time, especially people uh, living in a world filled with agriculture. Uh, the parable of the mustard seed. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So he talks about this parable of the mustard seed. If you've ever seen one, I know uh, I have some in my spice rag. They are super small. Uh, they may not be the, the smallest seed that we have today. There's other seeds, poppy seeds and things like that that are, that are super small. But uh, for the people in modern day Palestine, this would have been basically the smallest seed that they had uh, during that time. And it's something that would have grown uh, really big. These seeds that literally look like a, a small line drawn on a paper that would reach the height of a lot of times 10 feet uh, to be able to have these strong plants. As it talks about these birds coming and being able to land on it. And Jesus makes reference in this parable to the kingdom of God. Uh, he's saying how it started so small and is going to grow so big. And isn't that the truth? This kingdom of God starts with this little infant in a manger, as Pastor Mark mentioned in our sermon on Sunday, in this small, unknown town, Bethany. And it's this gospel message that grows to these 12 men and then begins to fan out through the entire world. You and I still have not yet seen uh, this come to complete fruition. The growth of this plant uh, to be able to take off and to be able to show how much uh, this kingdom of God truly will grow and what it really looks like. But the Lord tells us that this is how it began and this is how it will end. That his word will continue to be able to spread, to be able to thrive. And again, the exciting part about this for you and I as disciples of Christ is that we get to be a part of it. We don't just enjoy the spoils, but we get to enjoy this growth process of being able to share who Jesus is with people around us. So take all of that content that we have today now, that concept of the sandwich, this parable of the, the sower, of God just wildly sowing his word in the world, wanting everybody to be able to hear about it, of us being able to be a part of this kingdom and watching it grow, and take that into our gospel story for today. The parables get pushed aside, and this very, again, all-familiar story comes into our hands. It's the story of Jesus calming the storm. Verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? 
Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So many pieces of this familiar text. Let's begin with whose idea it is to be able to go over to this other part of the lake. Jesus himself says, let us go over to the other side. Uh, does Christ know what they are about to face? Probably. Does he allow them to go into this storm anyway? He does. Why? Part of it is maybe so he can be able to share an example with them, to be able to strengthen their faith, to be able to allow them to step into this different situation that isn't a world filled with perfection or with a complete peace or with everything that they want. You know, in those moments when everything is going great, it's easy to rely upon the Lord and sometimes it's easy to even forget about our Lord. But it's when we get caught in those storms that all of a sudden we think, oh yeah, uh, I think I need him. I need you now, God, more than, than any time in my life. And it's in that moment that we often call out to him. Uh, I don't wish storms of life upon anyone, uh, but I do know that it's something I can at least say for myself that helps me benefit and bring to a head that which is most important in our lives. And I think you'll see that as this short story continues on. So this big storm comes up, this furious squall. Uh, this would happen with these different high and low pressures coming together. They would just come out of nowhere. Uh, I used to work on a, a houseboat during my summers in college. We would have all these different uh, junior high and high school kids that would come onto a boat. They'd stay with us Monday through Friday, and we'd run uh, a Christian camp for them, clean the boats on the weekends, and then another group of kids would come on. And often, we would have these storms that would come literally out of nowhere, and we'd have to man these, these houseboats. They weren't horrible storms, but they weren't pleasant, especially to be on uh, in the middle of just a lake with a bunch of uh, students being able to try to keep this thing from taking on too much water and to be able to get through this, this wet storm that's just pouring down. But this storm must have been horrible. Uh, remember who is there with them, these experienced fishermen. They've seen it all, but today is the worst storm that has ever been upon them. They are worried that they're going to die. And so in this moment of worry and calamity, what do they do? Well, they do go to Jesus. Look at the words that they say to him. Uh, Christ is sleeping and they say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? They're almost uh, whining or complaining to God. Sometimes in our frustration, I think we can get to this point too. God, don't you even care? Aren't you even worried about me today? Are you, are you gonna take care of this, God? Do you see what's happening? Uh, we get frustrated. We begin to, to complain. It doesn't mean that God doesn't answer us. doesn't mean that he doesn't, doesn't hear us. He does. Uh, but sometimes I think we do need to step back and remember who we're speaking to, to be able to have reverence, uh, to even go to him with those things that are heavy upon our hearts in a way that is, that is more productive. Jesus gets up during this time 
And in this moment, he actually asks his disciples a question. Uh, first, he says, quiet, be still. He yells out and everything stops. The storm is immediately gone. And the question he says to his disciples immediately after, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Um, think about that. Why are you so afraid? Uh, what have you struggled with maybe in this past year or two? Uh, different situations that have come across in your life, different storms that you've been up against that have created grief, uh, depression, worry, uh, loss, all different things. And they, again, are horrible things. But are we people of faith or people who sometimes have a lack of faith? If you and I truly confess that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Savior of all, that we have a, the gift of heaven waiting for us, that's being saved uh, for us, reserved for us, these things in life uh, begin to fade. They really begin to go away. Even when they are, they are in our face, it's so easy for us to focus on that moment of exactly what's happening, of that big, huge worry that's around us. But look who's right next to us. Uh, having that faith to know that God is always with us. And it's hard because uh, maybe you can't physically see God. Maybe you can't physically hear God. And I am with you in those times. Maybe it feels like he's sleeping. Is he going to do anything? And we cry out just like those disciples. Teacher, God, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if I have a job this week? Don't you care if my uh, wife is going through cancer? Don't you care if fill in the blank for your own scenario? And in that moment, Jesus has to remind us, do you not have faith? Think of what I have truly done for you. Uh, Think about that, that last comment, I think, that Jesus makes to the storm. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Uh, sometimes I think I need to hear those words. Not just the storms of my life, but, but me. Jesus saying, just quiet down, be still, uh, I got this. And uh, actually, I think that's probably some good words for us to be able to remember Every morning when we wake up, maybe every night when we go to bed, that Jesus can say today, this evening, uh, you can rest, quiet, be still. I got this. The disciples ask that question. Who, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey this guy? Everything. Everything is at our Lord's beckoning command, all of creation, because he is our savior. He is our creator. And he is the one who is also our sustainer. And so wherever you are at today in life, allow our Lord to continue to be able to sustain you. Remember who our creator is, who has given us all things. And remember that savior in your life and that you get to be a part of this. So go out today uh, and be able to share that word. Remember, there are a lot of people around us that, that need to hear of this good news that we are called and have a privilege of being some of the ones that can scatter and share this seed so that God's word is always at work, whether we are or not. 
Who today in your life can you share this with? Because uh, there's a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of different storms right now. That's how history always has been and truly always will be until our Lord comes back and says to all things and to all sin, to all temptation, to all our problems, quiet, be still. Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, we thank you for this word today that you share with us, both in these short stories and these parables, to get us to link up to that which is uh, so important in our lives of people of faith, uh, surrounded by you and your word. Continue, Lord, to be able to strengthen us in our faith in you, uh, that we just may feel ever more energetic and strong because of that which you have done for us. Make us quiet. Make us still. Make us disciples of you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. All right, we will catch you later on. Remember, if you're watching this on Wednesday, we have our Lenten service tonight. Hope to see you there or catch you online.